Now, it was said of uh, Professor Albert Einstein, uh, and he had to travel when he was not very well known in the younger days, and he is such a bright chap, he's a little professor. He, he, he traveled around all the universities in America, and he had to start to lecture about the theory of re- relativity. I can't even pronounce that word. So, so he had to go around one university after the other, and he was given a driver. And uh, after many rounds, one day he felt he was a little bit under the weather, and uh, and the, the he thought of cancelling the, the the next talk. But the driver told him, you know, uh, Professor, I've heard you so often, so many times. I can repeat exactly what you're going to say. If you're under the weather, don't worry, I'll just stand in your place, pretend to be you, and give the lecture. And even the question time, the questions are, you know, so predictable. And I remember all the answers to the question. So don't worry. So Albert Einstein decided to test him for that and said, okay, we'll go and I'll sit behind there and listen to you. So the driver went up, went up there and then gave a flawless lecture of theory of relativity. Flawless. And come to the question time, he just could interact with the students about the question which he remembered. And then suddenly one person came up and, and one young man came out and said, uh, Professor, what do you think of that, the duality of the micros, uh, the, the subparticle, uh, when, when light is shining on, on, on the subparticle? Then without a, uh, a moment, the fellow was stunned and he said, you know, young man, we have gone such a distance and you're asking such a basic question. <laughs> so basic that you know what? My driver at the back there will answer that for you. <laughs> now, this story which Colin read for us is one of the very uh, a, a story which we heard so often. We use it in RE. We tell our children or grandchildren this story very often. It's a it's a delightful story, and uh, and, and 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 we it's a very charming story. Now, what if this young kid asks you questions? Are you prepared for all the questions? So, to, this is a simple story. You know, there are three few, few, few important, plain, important things like, you know, Jesus went to Bethsaida uh, in Jerusalem, and then he saw a person who is actually uh, on uh, uh, lying horizontal, perhaps, for 38 years, and so he, he's, he's crook. And then uh, Jesus healed him, and then he end up with a moralistic story, uh, what you call Jesus asked him not to sin, not to sin. So you actually can have these big components and then you have the story. But can, you, can, can we answer all the questions which perhaps may crop up in this story? Uh, this is what I intend to do this morning, uh, rather than just talk about healing. So, so uh, chapter 5, and... Uh, Take this as uh, what I told my wife uh, to this morning. I'm going to give a Sunday school teacher's workshop. And you are going, well, next time you tell this story, you are now pre- will be prepared to answer most of the questions which I hope we can run through, alright? Alright, let's start with the character first. Now it says here that this character, Jesus, 
went to Jerusalem. Of course, who is Jesus? Now, all of us know who is Jesus. But let me tell you, there's a very, very sad case one time when we were in teaching the RE in the rural community. And when we first, this was the first group, this student who were actually the, 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 the first time they actually have RE. And we say, all right, uh, we're going to tell you the story about Jesus. One of the kids say, shh, you know, my parents say, do not say the word Jesus. It puzzled me. And we asked, because it's a curse word. I tell you, it struck my heart. It struck my heart. So, all right, let's say we are in a community and, you know, we do not, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And you have to tell him, well, Jesus is God. Who is God? God is a great personality. How great is his personality? Then you start cracking your head and say, all right, oh, the richest people, then you can say, oh, this, you know, you know, so and so is so rich and so very rich. And, you know, then you say, oh, is that all? Then you say, ah, Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt can run very fast. He's the fastest man. Then the child will ask you, hey, you know the cheetah can run faster than Usain Bolt? So is the cheetah bigger, more, 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 more greater than you, uh, than, than this guy Usain Bolt? So you actually start to have your feet like, you know, a lot of mud and then moving around uneasy. But John, the genius of John, in chapter 1, so I'll cover it very well. He says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he says that everything was created by Him. And not any, there's nothing that was created that He did not create. You cannot think of a personality bigger than that anymore. That was the genius of John in chapter 1. Just the first three verses. How big is Jesus? He's God. He created everything. You can think of the, the huge galaxies thrown far away to the tiny things, microscopic. God created all of that. Your imagination cannot go further than that anymore. So this Jesus walked in Bethsaida in Jerusalem one day. You cannot get greater than that. And then I was preparing this message. Then I realized that this is the same Jesus says that when two or three are gathered in his name, we here, Jesus is present with us. I mean, I go down on my knees. The Jesus who created the heaven and the earth, the galaxies, the sun he holds in his hand, is present among us. Such thoughts are a bit difficult for us to phantom. And this Jesus says that, you know, he who has my commandment and keep it is he who loved me. And he who loved me, I, my father, will come to his life and manifest themselves in us. Man, I do not know how you take it, but I really need to step back and realize how 
how awesome what the Bible tells us about the offering of God to us. The offering of God to us. So question number one, who is Jesus? He's God. So we go on down and he said that he came to Jerusalem. Jesus came to Jerusalem. So, so the story of the Bible, of the gospel is, is about God breaking through into our dimension of time and space. And Jesus walked in Jerusalem one day. And he was in Bethsaida. By the ship gate, a pool called Bethsaida. And there was five roof colonnades. Now, just uh, last Thursday, I was driving my granddaughter uh, after her swim at Watermark. And she said, uh, he called me Akong. Akong actually in Chinese is grandfather. I really love the sound. Akong. I said, Akong, where are we going? I said, well, we are going to Arendelle. No, she loved Frozen. The story Frozen. Yeah, she loved it. And she will, we, we bought her a few different costumes of Elsa and she will wear it, you know, wash one, wear again, wash one. Again. She, she really loved it. But I said, we are going to Arendelle, alright, to just, Akong, that's just imaginary. There's no Arendelle. Five years old, she know more than me. Well, the story of the gospel is casted in real place. Real history and real place. Bethsaida, it, it gives us a lot of pointers here. The sheep gate. Next to the sheep gate is this pool called Bethsaida. And there was five colonnades there. Five columns there. We unearthed it not too long ago. They unearthed it. This structure with the five columns that is unique. The five columns there next to the sheep gate. The sheep gate is a gate. If we have to read Nehemiah. This is the gate whereby when the Israelis stormed into, uh, recently in the Six Day War, they stormed it, they went through the sheep gate too. These are real place. Real place. Described here. So the Bible is not about the land of Kai. Imaginary. The Bible is about real place. Real time, real place, and Jesus God went there. So, that will put our children in place, right? <laughs> but they will ask you where is it. Actually, I went to there and I went, I went to Jerusalem and we have the opportunity to look at this place. The, 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 the pool is a little stagnant now, but it's a real place. The five column there which is unique is mentioned here, the architecture there. You make no mistake about it. The Bible says historically. And that's not only the historicity of the Bible in this place, but every narrative which the Bible has about history can be verified through geography. And we are unearthing more and more of this architectural thing up and finding confirmatory evidences of the Bible. This is the truth. Jesus said the truth, but the Bible wrote truth. The Bible wrote truth. Not in Arendelle, not in the land of Kai. So Jesus went to the sheep gate. Okay, 
So we put put another uh, pack down if they, in case they ask, ask us a question. Yeah. Then now, okay, come to the next one. We could be a bit problematic. Now, just watching that uh, Sam was using this uh, Gideon Bible. Just in case your 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 students, some of them are using the King James version, the NIV or the RSV and, and all that. And then they find, hey, your Bible got verse 4, but my Bible don't have verse 4. Now, verse 4. Sam, do you like to read verse 4 or chapter 5 from the, the King James? King James, yeah. Yeah, that's now Colleen read, the, she don't have verse 4. But there is a verse 4 in chapter 5. And we're going to deal with this situation because... Let's face it, some Bible have it, some Bible don't have, don't have it. So how do we actually find it? Alright. For an angel, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pools and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Ah, verse 4. Now, there are what we call variance translation, which actually we have among the Bible. Now, let's face it. If one of the students asks us that question, how are we going to answer it? How are we going to answer it? Do we make the difference? Do you think it makes a difference whether we have verse 4 or without verse 4? Okay, let me... Now, verse 4 sort of affirm that this action is actually, this pool is actually sanctified by God. With the angel, sometimes the angel of the Lord came down and do it. So it's sort of sanctified by the Lord. Alright? Just picture for yourself what's happening during that time. You have a pool. And they say that if you see the stirring of the water, the first person to jump in will be healed. And there are a crowd of people waiting there. What do you think is the dynamic of that? One person, even if one person is healed, how many are disappointed? How many showering and how many selfishness, how many... And, and, and you have... Those who are capable are the one who actually shove everybody aside and to be, be the first person in, trying as best. A lot of competition and a lot of disappointment. I'm sure not only this guy who is there for 38 years who haven't got the chance. They didn't queue up and say first in, first, first uh, last, uh, you know, first in, first. They are the blind. They will not even see the water move. So we have here, not, it's a pretty ugly situation. A pretty ugly situation. I can't think that my gracious Lord would put man in that situation.
I will feel that actually, to some of us who favor without the words, we feel that it's a pagan, a pagan practice. A pagan practice. So how do you explain it? Number one, the stirring of the water. Now the pool is not actually a rainwater pool. In fact, the pool is fed in by underground stream and also drained out by underground stream. Alright, underground stream. During that time, they don't know. They did not know. But what happened if, when there's a pressure or different, when the underground stream actually flow very fast, you have, like when you, you have a pool of water, you pull the plug, you have the real pool coming up, in fact. So sometimes it happens, the stirring, and to them, they're mystified by this stirring of the water. And then some people were mystified, then they actually... Uh, so make it a superstitious, and, and, and they may be jumping in and somebody will feel that I, I, I feel better or something like that. You know, you don't need to have everybody actually having a hundred percent efficacy. A story will bring in crowd. You just need to go to Ted Lotto. Everybody go in, I can say most of you are not going to get anything out of it except pay your money, but you have a crowd trying to pay money to actually so we believe that this is actually, I, I, I personally hold on the thing that the additional of verse 4 is not necessary. It was added, the earlier manuscript, the earlier manuscript, we call that the majority manuscript, which the NIV, the other versions actually are based on, the translation which we have, using the majority uh, manuscript, take it out because we are going for the earlier manuscript. The earlier manuscript do not have this. It's only the manuscript in, I think, 1300 where Erasmus have the Texas receptors and he actually came out and then we, from that we have the King James Version. Somebody probably put in before then this, 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 this verse 4. Sounds nice. Sounds very romantic. But the implication, I can see the implication is really, really it, it, it will shake the doctrine of thinking of how God is. I can't think of God actually providing that situation where there's so much negativity. So, well, you pick your choose. If your Sunday school student asks you that question, you have my answer. And you have to, you have to say, you know, if you are choosing the other side and say, you know, this is what happened, then you have to answer yourself. <laughs> Alright, so that is uh, the, 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 the verse 4 with or without verse 4. So we settle another question. Now, we go on, and it says that there are a lot of people there, and they were lame and paralyzed and all that. And then, Jesus met one guy who was there for some diseases or some sickness. He was there for 38 years. He cannot move. Now, if you don't move for maybe one year, you actually could not move. I think your, your muscle will be withered and all that kind of thing, but for 38 years, you know, what, how he didn't, was not able to move. I think that is a medical thing which can be easily un- answered. I think maybe you can ask my wife to say, you know, what, what will be the consequences? Laziness is one thing maybe she say, <laughs> but actually, you know, so this guy actually, he, he sometimes, uh, what they call, Cerebral palsy is one of them. You get knocked, you get injured, and then you cannot move. So there, there could be a host of other reasons. So it's not a really tough question. 
So this guy, he cannot move. And Jesus came to him and said, You know, you want to get well? Take out your bed and walk. And the man walked away. Now, that is going to be a tough question here. Your student will ask you, There are many people around there. Why didn't Jesus heal everybody? Why did Jesus only heal one? Isn't it obvious? We know Jesus is God. Healing is not an issue because we settled that already. Because He's God, He can heal. So that question is already, you can throw that out. But why didn't Jesus go up in the flames? All right, all of you who are laying blind, they are needful. They are needful. Why didn't Jesus heal everybody? In fact, in other places he did heal. They say that you know he goes around and many people are healed in his ministry. Why didn't Jesus step in and say, Hey, guys, you have need, be healed. Why did Jesus only talk privately to just one person and heal just one person? Now, I want to give you some of my personal perspective of life. You can take it, you can throw it, it doesn't. The good is the enemy of the best. The good is the greatest enemy of the best. Superficiality, raw purpose. Superficiality, raw purpose. And the third one is to be focused, you have to be intentional. To be focused, you have to be intentional. Now, let's go back to the story. Say Jesus do what I, I, we propose him to do, that he stand up and heal everybody. In Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem. When that caused an uproar, the people, the city there will see Jesus healing that many, there will be a political, a group of people now say, look here, we have somebody who can heal all our diseases and he will heal it and he even raise the dead. Would that cause an uproar of people movement to elevate Jesus to be a political force? So much so that his agenda will be taught. It will be, I think, so much more difficult for Jesus to fulfill his calling. Because from that place, only one kilometer away is the hill of Golgotha. And that was where Jesus aimed to go. If there was a political force because of healing, he raised up people, fan group and all that kind of personal interest and all that, come to support him, even to say, die, so it's okay because why Jesus can heal, uh, raise me up. I think that would actually taught, make it more difficult for him, make it more difficult for the, what happens to him in the later stage. So Jesus is focused to his calling because the good he can do, of course he can heal, is good. He's the greatest enemy of the best what he wanted to do. In fact, if you read through John and all, 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 all the part of the gospel where Jesus healed, I find it a very private matter. 
He healed and it's private. All those reasons, it's a very private matter. Even his brothers in chapter 7 says, do not really believe him. Then his brothers told him, hey, look here. Why don't we, we take you to the Jerusalem and you do all these miracles so people can believe in you? Who do things in secret? Who do things in secret? But Jesus was doing things, miracles in secret, private. He is not conducting healing ministry like what we know. Because he met the need of people personally and he did it. But it was not for the purpose of what we say, to raise up all these uh, fan, which will actually trip, trip. I believe will trip him, trip the the the. Who will know? I will not know. But I think it's going to give a lot of issue as regard to being able for the Roman authority to or the, the 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 high priest to take him out and then single him out and put him on the cross. It will be difficult. So I think Jesus is quite focused. The healing ministry is to meet personal need, but not to elevate himself. He did not to be elevated. God did not be elevated. So, I think that would be adequate answer for my students, that why Jesus didn't heal everyone there, everyone there. It, it drawn to me to also, to, to judge, to, 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 to have me think of my own life. Are the goods which I'm doing robbing me from doing the best which God wants me to do? And I mean best, I do not want us to sort of burn ourselves out to such a way, but to know to fulfill the part where God has a calling for each and every one of us. We are called to be members of the body of Christ with different function. Not all of us are eye, not all of us are ear, most, and all that. Now, it would be grotesque if all of us are eyes, a body with all full of eyes, or big eyes. We have our own function. But I believe that if you seek the Lord to know which function God wants you to function in that area, I think He will reveal to you. He will reveal to you. So, we have to seek the Lord so that we could do the best best in the sense that we fulfill our calling, fulfill our calling, the resources he gave us, the situation he put us in. That's what I mean. Okay? Only Jesus goes to the cross to die for a sin. But all of us have to carry our own cross. That's what he said. So in, in responding to what's the best, be prepared to pay the price. Be prepared to pay the price. But he will come true. And that's another topic we can deal on, maybe later. Alright, we go down. Now there is this part where after being healed, the man, you know, the man took out his bed. Jesus asked him to take his bed and walk down the street. While we were in Jerusalem, we were, there was one Sabbath we were in the street of Jerusalem. It was really, really a quiet day. Nobody moved. I mean, you know, very few people walk out in, 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 during the Sabbath, during the Sabbath time. So a man carrying a bed will be standing up like saw through, and you will have the the the, the policeman, the, the Sabbath policeman, watching out. So he was caught. He was caught in his bed. 
on Sabbath day. This is the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Let's be reminded of that. I think we perhaps will 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 deal with the Ten Commandments one day in our sermon and go through this in more detail. And uh, because I think it's an important part for us to set aside time to worship the Lord, come together. And this perhaps actually can go with a, a deeper conversation and a deeper thought, a deeper study in this pulpit here, maybe perhaps. But uh, for me, I always challenge myself saying that, you know, from, from the day I was actually became a Christian, uh, the day of worship is my Sabbath. It's the time where I have set aside, even in our youth, I will set aside. I was just trying to think that what was any situation or circumstances where I failed to come to to. to to, to gather with the, the, the people of God to worship. I can't even remember is there any. Maybe I'm so sick. I was I remember one time I was I think I should be staying at home, but I went to worship and was having this nasal drip and was coughing, coughing, I think disturbing the whole church. I should be at home. But you know you have that if you don't go to, to, to that part of worship and, and, and do it, I feel something missing. So I'm not, I'm not going one way or the other. We will deal with it a bit later, but I think to come together as Hebrew 10, 24, 25 says that, you know, it's good for us to gather together, encouraging one another to worship together. So, uh, but I'm going to leave that part and I don't think you're going to get many questions on the Sabbath by the, the juniors. So we go on. Finally, yep, we make good time. Finally, we have Jesus met up with him again because when, you see, Jesus was so private. After healing him, he let him off. He didn't say, hey, 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 I'm, I'm here. No, he didn't. He let him off. And the fellow don't even realize who was dead that actually made me walk. He was more interested in walking and taking his bed. And he don't, I don't know who did it. And for his sake, so that he could get clarity, Jesus actually met up with the man again. Now it's funny, last week when actually Josh spoke about one miracle of the man who was let down from the roof, the first thing Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. But over here, Jesus said differently. You know, So maybe if one of the smart, smart kids will ask you, why different? Why did you just tell the fellow, you know, don't worry about sin, your sin will be forgiven. Why over here he said, Go and see no more if not something even worse will happen to you. That could be a good question. That would be a good question. That is not the gospel, isn't it? Or is it? If you see the encounter of Jesus with various people, I'm comforted in the sense that uh, like me, when I try to share the gospel outwardly to many people, like Jesus too, I have a lot of failures. You know, you can just get so much out sometime. 
And Jesus also can only get so much out. And this is not the only time he gets so much out. You know, the rich young ruler, Jesus said, you know, you've got to sell all you have and then come and follow me. And the rich young ruler, in the story of rich young ruler, he, he went away and he was disappointed. And, and Jesus, full of love, feels sorry for him. When Pilate says, what is the truth? Jesus didn't say, okay, let me start and tell you what the truth is. There seems to be time whereby this is just adequate for you, for you to ponder on, for your conscience. And Jesus asked him part of the gospel, say, go and sin no more. Because if you sin some more, something worse can happen. Because sin is even more uh, a threat than any physical illness you have, any physical diseases you have. Sin, the, 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 the effect of sin is worse. And it affects every person, even however healthy you are. And that should start to work in his mind. Because the start of the gospel, I think, is to make people aware of sin. Of sin. That is the most important issue to deal in in the gospel. Because of sin, we were dead. And because of sin, if we don't solve it, we will be eternally dead, continue to die. So, Jesus just told him, a very important part of the gospel, sin is a deadly threat. And I do not know how that worked into him. Into him. Okay, I will speculate a little bit here. Now, when the, the author of the gospel, okay, these are speculation, alright? Don't take it that this is, this can be, alright? But hear my reasoning out of this. When the gospel is read, uh, it is written, alright? The author, he didn't sit here and get inspired by God to actually get all the information downloaded by God, downloaded by God. No. They actually collect testimony from people. And then from that, with their ability and inspired by God, they put up what the gospel from what God lead them to write. Is that acceptable? Okay, they, they don't just sit down there and uh, in a way plug into heavenly downloading, USB, and then here it goes, you know, right from... No, they actually, because in, in the very early churches, the, the, the people who come up and speak here are people who actually, hey, you know, uh, I've, that day when Jesus was with me and this was happened in my life and all that. So there's a lot of account. First-hand account because they are personally involved. One of the remarkable things I, 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 I like to think that this is probably happened. You know, when, when the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom, it is not a public spectacle. To go into that area itself 
you have to be ceremonially clean, you must have a priesthood, you have to stand in line. So the people who actually saw this curtain torn are a very small group of people. And it is almost a scandal. It is a scandal. And quickly they probably have to patch it up because they will be really responsible for what happened. And they have to explain it out. How does this news is taken out to the Christian world? I believe it because some of the priests became Christian. And they are the ones who after that could put two and two together and tell the story. So there is a lot of invisible testimony to make up the scripture. You, you, sometimes we look down at the Pharisees looking down at like the, the girl who, the, the, the girl who actually was, uh, you know, watching, watching Jesus' feet and all that. And in their heart, they say, don't she know that this is a prostitute? In their heart. How is it written? Because they, they actually are pondering their heart. I believe that later when they see Jesus on the cross, when they actually gather all this thing and by the grace of God, they became Christian. And they say, you know, I'm, I was there. I was doubting Jesus Christ when I saw this one. And in my heart, I would say, how Jesus was so silly. He did not know that that lady is you know, a woman of ill repute. I was having that in my heart. So there's a lot of personal testimony coming through that way. So I just wonder whether this, this guy, the person who, 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 who actually was healed, do finally came to know the Lord. Because a lot of people do come to know the Lord after the resurrection. And that could be their story. Alright, speculation. <laughs> speculation. But I believe that we're going to meet a lot of these people. And we're going to meet them. If you actually can hold what Jesus did on the cross. So we can be healed. We need not be, uh, be the person who, who need to be physically healed of some disease before we actually come to know the Lord. The cross is meant for all of us. And I look around here and can see that all of us have our story like Sam to tell. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. I hope that you have enough uh, answers to the possible questions if you actually share this, this story with your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your children, all right? So let's uh, praise the Lord for this time. Our Father God, we thank you that uh, for the narrative that come up through the gospel. We thank you that Jesus has led such a beautiful life. Nothing to be compared about. Give us so much, uh, so much we can pick up, so much to, to work at it and to love you through the story. We thank you that uh, you became personal to us through Christ. We thank you that the danger, the threat of sin in our life is taken by Christ. And therefore we, in Him, can be free. We thank you for this time, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.